how are you using Prometheus today? Because if you use it wrong, your cluster will crash. Welcome to a new episode of DevSecOps Talks with me, Matthias, Andre, and Julian. Today, we have a guest with us, Semyon. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Uh, hello, guys. Pleased to meet you, and thanks for having me. Yeah. Nice to uh, see you, Simon. Yeah. So we're here to talk about a little bit about monitoring and the stack and monitoring, and especially one tool, right? Prometheus. Yeah. But first, can you give us some background in, in the monitoring stack and what you have worked with and seen? Uh, so to give you a background, I'm not working like my whole life in operations. Um, I was initially a developer. And then like around five or six years ago, I switched to operations. And as you can imagine, there wasn't uh, like this um, consensus on monitoring stacks at that time. So when I started to use that, uh, there was like broad uh, number of systems you can use. Yeah. Uh, so I was working a bit with like hatred of Subix for some time, uh, but uh, thanks God it wasn't too long. And after that, when I was uh, given an opportunity to build my own uh, system in my own um, workload, for my own workload, we started to use um, Influx. Uh, it was really, really young at that time, and Riemann. Then we switched to Graphite, and the, at, roughly at the time I stopped to uh, work at that place, so my uh, exposure was mostly to like Riemann, Influx, and Graphite stacks. Mm. Cool, cool. Yeah, that was that was what we were using it five years ago. A lot of static monitoring, right? Check that things are okay and not so much. But uh, the trend of more time series monitoring what was on the horizon, right? Uh, yeah, but uh, we actually did quite interesting stuff with that stack. So there, there wasn't much difference with what we are doing with Prometheus right now, actually. So time series were in place. We were doing some analysis on time series just fine with uh, Influx and Graphite. So it wasn't it wasn't just is it working or not. We were doing some uh, quite interesting statistical calculations and even predictions. So. That was yeah. possible at the time. <laughs> yeah, after that, uh, I switched the job, and then short time, I was pretending to work with Datadog because I didn't actually work with Datadog. It was working by itself. Uh, and then I was introduced to Prometheus. Okay, and now it starts. Yeah. And you happened to be <laughs> working with Prometheus together with him in the same place. Yeah. Ah. We, we got a friend of us, Peter, who brought it in <laughs> and, and then left abruptly. It wasn't the Peter's decision, but he left ab abruptly and left Prometheus behind and uh, for some time, for a year or two, it was like working. We would just keep it up and running. But then, and Simon was telling me, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a not good system. Well, yes. yeah, I was using other words, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find the words that you would need, that Matthias don't, would need to bleep. 
Uh, yeah, so he was expressing that in a different way. That his dissatisfaction with the way Prometheus operates and was built. Yeah, and that's why we actually got Simon on a, on a podcast, yeah. so he can air his grievances with Prometheus, and we could discuss this topic from different end. Oh, so uh, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you let me uh, air my grievances, I would start with a disclaimer. I'm by any means not a Prometheus expert. So uh, th- I think that's exactly why my experience is relevant, because exactly. I, did, I didn't spend a lot of time trying to like learn Prometheus to the gut. And I was just trying to make it work for me and not like eat all my money in the process. Yeah. Uh, so all things I know now about Prometheus is either because I was hit by them or because I was reading a book uh, when I was in a situation where I was hit too much time and that I decided to read a book finally. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so to add to all of that, so our show is for practitioners who are yeah. not necessarily experts in uh, in the chosen tools. So that's why your feedback and experience is very relevant. And uh, to put it straight, so like we've been trying to fix that premises. And at some point, Simon said, I'm going to read the book, I'm going <laughs> to figure it out, and I'm going <laughs> to do it right. So he has okay. some experience trying to figure it out without reading the book and trying to fix it. Yeah, he did read the book. What was the book actually? It was Prometheus Up and Running by Brian Brazel. Is it we... the guy who, who wrote the thing? The uh, yes, more or less. He, he's on the core team, and I have a word about him too. Because, like, he, in, in the way of my run, Brian Brazel will meet us once again. Yeah. <laughs> we should send this episode to him after. Uh, please, please, please don't. He will find me <laughs> on the GitHub. Okay, you do co- commit with it. Okay, but this is going to be really interesting. Because, I mean, the the feeling that I have from Prometheus and others as well, I think, is that it just works, right? Um, it seemingly does, but I have another opinion. So, if we yeah. if we are starting from that point, I I was ab- I was about to like you know do that crab sandwich construction, so. Speak good about Prometheus, speak back about Prometheus, and speak good again. So, yeah. <laughs> if if you allow me, Prometheus is a fantastic tool for the purpose it was built for. So when uh, SoundCloud was building the Prometheus, the issues they were solving were quite simple. They needed a tool to slice and dice data fast. And it was, I, I don't have like rock solid evidence that that was the case, but I have a strong feeling that Prometheus was a front-end monitoring tool for investigational teams who were dealing with incidents. They need to slice and dice data which is like five minutes old. They they don't need any retention, they don't need any historical data, they don't need like complex uh, statistical tools to do the stuff. So, for that purposes prometheus is fantastic tools tool uh, so you can uh promql is fantastic language which can do things like graphite can never do 
data model, which is multi-dimensional data model, is a great thing to have when you need to slice and dice data, like how uh, an hour ago that, that 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 was produced an hour ago. So for that purposes, Prometheus is just fantastic. I really love Prometheus, but nobody is using it in that way. That's the problem. So uh, what happened when Prometheus uh, started to become really, really popular because of, I think, like advertisement, quite quite a lot of advertisement of Prometheus were at the time. Um, people start to use it for a drop-in replacement for the monitoring systems, which they have in place before with, uh, with an expectation of having like data retention, ability to slice and dice historical data, build the window functions, build a, you know, comparison between like HTTP 500 rate between like last hour and the same hour three years ago. And then it turns out Prometheus doesn't work that way. You just can't do that. Or you can, but you... Why is that? Because of a data model, basically. So Prometheus built uh, to sacrifice space in, in favor of ability to slice data by different angles. Mm-hmm. Ba- basically, if you have to... Uh, Pro- Prometheus storing data in a way that will take more space than any other tool in that space. So... You will uh, you will just run out of S3 if you need to store last like, I don't know 15 data 15 years of data from your company. It's just not possible with Prometheus like out of the box. You can plug in backends probably, but it's questionable solution to the problem because you still can't like properly query that data. So uh, yeah, that was my rant about Prometheus and. It just works. Yes, it kind of just works when you're trying to set it up. And when uh, it's not running out of memory. So, yeah, the problem... I, I have a concrete example why it actually doesn't work, but it looks like it works. When you're setting up Prometheus Separator for your beloved Kubernetes cluster, it will instantly get you tens of uh, thousands of metrics out of the cluster. Yeah. And not like all of them, but some of them will have super high uncapped cardinality metrics. Like there are metrics from, uh, I don't know who is actually producing those metrics, but there are metrics with labels which contains systemd slice ID. And cardinality being... Ah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I I should explain what cardinality is. Cardinality is a possible set of values a label can uh, have in your setup. So high cardinality metrics tend to kill Prometheus servers because it's just how Prometheus works. It will use all the memory to just calculate this metric. <clears throat> so yeah, when you when you just set it up using Helm or whatever you are using uh, Prometheus operator, you will get the system that will kill your Prometheus server. Like mm. that's guaranteed. It will die at some point horribly because you yeah. did 
You did nothing to prevent that, and Prometheus defaults does nothing to prevent it. That's when Brian Brazil comes to us again. Yeah. There, is, there is an issue. Let me let me look it up because I have a I have a document about it. There is a GitHub issue number thirty-seven eighty, uh, where uh, some poor guy trying to explain that his Prometheus is dying horribly without of memory error because a lot of because he's trying to produce a lot of short-lived metrics. Yeah, and Brian Brazel writing back, like, it's expected behavior, guy. Prometheus is not an event collection system. I'm sorry. So, out of memory, death is expected behavior for Prometheus. And you can can easily kill your Prometheus server by producing a small HTTP server which will produce metric with random data in label. Yeah. And your Prometheus server will die horribly. I don't know in what universe it's a good idea to write software that way. It, j- it just doesn't fit to my head. I'm sorry. So basically, uh, the, the second most uh, dangerous assumption of Prometheus is that Prometheus is run by the same people who are running software it's trying to monitor. Otherwise, you're screwed up. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And it's okay if you know those limits. It's okay if you understand what you, what you are doing. So you can use Prometheus. It's, it's fine if you need short-term monitoring for people who are slicing and dicing data. It's great tool. But if you're using Prometheus as a single uh, monitoring stack for your company, you're probably doing the wrong thing, in my opinion. Because it was not designed to do that work. Maybe there is a, there is a solution like uh, for for a long term storage for making things less prone to like out of memory death. I don't know because I'm not a Prometheus expert. I have zero experience with Tanus and other backends. I'm talking about Prometheus, which are normally run but by by normal people when they are starting a company. So yeah. So if, if I get it right, then. Uh... When you deploy, for example, you have a clean Kubernetes cluster and you deploy Prometheus with the Helm charts, it will start getting metrics from the cluster, of course, because that's what it does. But the metrics will have labels with so many different values. So in the end, the Prometheus database will just grow and grow and grow. And the memory of Prometheus will just grow also until it's just, well, the first thing is, I think, is the previous pod just start crashing because they will be out of memory. It will take it too long to start or something. Yeah, it will probably just crash out with, with out of memory and start to restart. Uh, yeah. So the uh, the way Prometheus working with the data on a disk, um, it will basically map the location on a disk to the memory using oh, okay. M maps uh, M map syscall. Uh, yeah. So the problem is when you're trying to query data which is uh, like have high cardinality labels, it will need yeah. to load more data to the RAM to, yeah. to, to provide you with meaningful yeah. results. Yeah, yeah. So maybe your Prometheus will not like fall out of memory by its own, but when you open the Grafana and running PromQL, PromQL query on yeah. that metric, you will probably kill your Prometheus. Oh, okay, okay, I see, I see. But I mean... How, how, how is then scaling Prometheus? Can, can you scale it to resolve this issue? or? Yes, you can. Just buy Amazon Managed Prometheus. 
That's my answer. Yeah, no, <laughs> but that will not solve the high cardinality issue, right? So you will pay a lot to Amazon. So you also need to look into your metrics yes. and make sure yeah. you discard the ones that with high cardinality that you don't actually need. Yeah. Well, that technically solving out of memory issues. Yeah. By buying yeah. by buying the service, paying a lot of money for that. Yeah, so you, you basically make Amazon run out of memory, like yeah. whatever they have <laughs> on their side run out of memory. By the way, I really doubt they're running vanilla Prometheus. I really doubt they do. Because it, it's just technically nearly impossible to scale Prometheus that way without doing it in, in completely another scheme. I don't know how they're doing it, but it works. But I think that's a, that's a good point because um, by by reading the issue on the Prometheus, uh, the GitHub issue on Prometheus uh, page, it's very much seems like the author just answered that uh, Prometheus is not an event logging system, um, yeah. m- meaning that it, it, it's not for logging, hey, that customer had that event at that time. Mm-hmm. It's more like to query time series in a way that you you have an event that occur over time and you want to count that event or see that value uh, of that event, not really keep a trace of everything that happens in your system. And this is where the I think the confusion comes from is that people think of Prometheus as all-in-one. Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to do every, all your metrics is going to end up there. Yeah. And it's very hard to explain to people why this should be a metric and this should be stored in a data warehouse or, you know, a, a streaming system that um, that's going to process those ana- and generate reports based on analytics and those kind of things. And, and it's so convenient. We have the same problem with logging. Um, well, I say we, but I mean like people in general. It, it's very much like it, everything is logs now. And some sometimes they have to parse the log to extract information and event from the log. And so at the end, there is like petabyte of logs, uh, not even stored in a database, just text file sitting somewhere. That And then you need to spin up VMs to process the text file and, and use them. And so I think the problem is really using the right tool for the job. But if you had to recommend, what would be the best job for Prometheus? Um, as I said, if you need uh, a great tool to slice and dice uh, fresh data from your systems, Prometheus is working great. Yeah. Do you have an uh, example for that? Um, uh, let me think. So, uh, if you if you have um, a system that you don't need long-term storage for metrics to make business decisions from. For example, you are, I don't know, you are... That's hard, actually, to explain. So I, I, I don't have that use case, personally. I heard people use it as a blue-green checker, right? You deploy your new version, and then you check with Prometheus to verify that the new version application is working. Yes, but and it, then if it's good, you can, and then it's just it, real time data you're querying, right? Yes, it can be done with almost any monitoring system in the world. So that's yeah. not a specific case. Um, there is a beautiful 
woman called um, I'm sorry Charity Majors. Probably you heard of uh, heard of her. Oh. They have an interesting tool. Let me look it up. Honeycomb. It's called Honeycomb, which is basically Prometheus done right. So mm. they they are doing emphasis on slicing and dicing data and um, asking questions from your monitoring system. So you're not doing dashboard-driven uh, monitoring. You are not building dashboards. You're just collecting data by multiple dimensions. And then you're just asking from your monitoring system, why my users in, uh, I don't know, South Africa are seeing too much HTTP 500s right now? And you can like connect different data in a meaningful way to see the answer to that question. So Prometheus, in theory, should be working in the same way. But I don't know about Honeycomb because I never used it. But in Prometheus, it's just impossible to uh, slice and dice the volume of data that are older than a week because it's not technically practical to do that. You will just run out of computing resources. And I wanted to answer to your uh, comment about this issue on GitHub. So the problem is not that uh, somebody is trying to use Prometheus as, a, an, a, is, as an event logging system, which is complete, which is obviously wrong. But Prometheus does nothing to prevent that. Mm-hmm. And it will just die if you do that. So all you need to... Yeah, so this is what it does to prevent you to, from using it as a system. It but dies. No, no, not you. Let, let's pretend I'm an ill-fated actor. And I'm, okay. I'm working for your company, and I just hate you. Okay. I will, I will make you so much trouble just by using your monitoring system. You can't imagine. <laughs> so. well, you're, gonna, you're gonna load it with stuff. Or... So the problem with Prometheus, in my opinion, is that he, it's not making it clear, and it's not making it in a defensive way that you can't use Prometheus as an event logging system. Oh. Not it's just it's obvious you can't use Prometheus as an event logging system when you read a book. But when you didn't read a book, it's not it's not obvious. And right. Prometheus will not prevent you to do that. Okay. And so what are the alternatives there? Like yeah, also, hold on before we jump to the alternatives, there are also Backends. We mentioned the Prometheus backends, right? And we mentioned something called Thanos. Uh-huh. Do we want to touch on that one? What is that? And I have no idea, to be honest. So um, I will leave you to people who know about Thanos. The, Thanos is uh, is a way is a project that is meant to scale Prometheus. I don't know how to say Prometheus in plural, but mm-hmm. say more than one Prometheus, and it gather uh, queries, it gather data from multiple instances of Prometheus mm-hmm. and store them in a bucket for later retrieval. So you can aggregate uh, multiple instances into one single view, so mm-hmm. that because Prometheus is uh, in its core a database. But uh, once you have more than one instance, let's say you have more than one cluster and you put one Prometheus instance in each cluster, how do you aggregate the view 
how do you make mm-hmm. one single pane of glass that you can see all the instance? Yeah. Um, and that's where Thanos comes in. The, mm-hmm. the architecture is, is quite well defined. Um, and I, I would say that the, the hardest part is really to, to deploy it because you have, you know, you have to fiddle with a lot of uh, JSONet, which is like a superset of JSON. So imagine JSON with functions, uh, and uh, you have to kind of like massage those. And th- there is a lot to to th- th- there is a steep learning curve, I would say. Mm-hmm. But once you have that, it- it's much easier to scale Prometheus. And by scaling, I mean add more Prometheus. Yeah, right. Does it allow you to store historical data on Prometheus or not? Yes, so that's why it's for that's why they use a, a bucket as a long-term storage, so you can go back in time. Uh, yeah, of course, you you pay for those you know reads and writes. Yeah, I uh, think that would be quite expensive because you're not only paying for the data, but you're also paying per thousand get requests. Uh-huh. Yes, and yeah. if it stores in a small files, and I guess it will. You will accumulate thousands of get requests very quickly. Very quickly, and also the the also it, it depends on the. Uh, I don't remember the name of that, but for instance, if you query per hour, there is no point getting down to the millisecond. So there is some aggregates there. Wow! Oh, so they they are doing aggregations on yes. data. Great. Yes, and you can store as well. Um, you know, in Prometheus, you have uh, recorded uh, queries, so that you, you can create new metrics based on other metrics, mm-hmm. and that is uh, automatically uh, stored, so that you don't have to recompute them. So the the trade off becomes how much compute do you can you afford to pay versus how much storage, and mm-hmm. and so you, you can tune those numbers. And those queries, and that's why there there is pl- a few tools that allow you to to display you know flame graph of how much uh, like how much your query is costing you in terms of resources. Um, but there is also in it's embedded in Prometheus that you can see you know which uh, label is costing you the most or which, mm-hmm. how many instances do you have. All of that is fine when you adjust one Prometheus, but once you you end up with more than one, you you end up like you you have a different problem. You understand? It's more like at, at some point you're living in a village, and suddenly you you're moving into a big city, and there is so many more people that you don't have the same problems. You you have more things available, but it's it's a different mindset. Yeah. All right. But then it's just uh, the solution for this is just more Prometheus and then collect all the data and then aggregate on that data and store it on S3. Sounds yeah. Yeah, and there is also now there is a, this uh, project called Open Telemetry. Yeah. Try to standardize, um, you know, all the the golden uh, like the, the three, they call it the three pillar. Yeah. Like, uh, log uh, the metrics and traces. Uh, I, honestly, I'm a big fan of traces. Because it, it solves most of the problem that they are trying to solve with logging and metrics. Uh, w- once you have traces, y- you basically barely need the others, um, and, and that g- also gives you a great debugging experience into a um, distributed system. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a request that goes from one service to the other, you see the trace, 
and you can actually aggregate those traces to to provide trends over which services use more which which is you know if you map that to the critical path you can actually have very clear SLOs and and very good reliability and know where to work uh, so I'm a big, big advocate for for traces. But isn't that another pillar? I mean, metrics is one pillar and tracing is one. If you just go for, for metrics here, just to see clear dashboard or whatever of your web traffic. I mean, what's the alternative to Prometheus then? Is it, uh, I mean, uh, are we talking about InfluxDB? We talked about that before. I mean, they updated a lot with Influx2, but... But it's mother too. What happened to StatsD then? That was uh, working before. But I don't know what StatsD and Graphite are up to today. They are alive, actually, and a lot of people still using them. Like the companies I know using them is mostly like companies working on on prem infrastructure and yeah. tend not to use Kubernetes because <laughs> it's quite hard to integrate uh, push based monitoring stacks with Kubernetes for some reason. So they are alive. They are just not evolving as fast as Prometheus, not loud as Prometheus, you know. Uh, Influx is, as far as I know, uh, have its own niche in the industry. So they are are doing better than Graphite. Uh, StatsD is basically just just a transport layer. So it's it's used with Prometheus too, by the way. <laughs> it can be used. Anyway, as far as I know, Datadoc is using StatsD quite extensively. Yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I think that's the, one of the things that when we talk about metrics in a, in a Kubernetes cluster, which we are all working, uh, Prometheus, as I see, is the default one. Yes. And now when they also when they are cloud native, I mean, everybody has a Prometheus exporter today. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. all language is building. All web server has its way. So it's it's like it's like a Jen- Jenkins ten years ago. So you you would get Jenkins plugin for everything. <laughs> now everything yeah. has a Prometheus exporter, which actually brings us to another problem we haven't touched. Yeah, which is the fact that Prometheus is pool based system. Yeah, and other monitoring systems they usually push, where they yeah. You have an agent that collects stuff and then it pushes things to the central server. Like if yeah. you're talking Datadog again, so you have the Datadog agent pushing things to Datadog. And in case of Prometheus, it's a pool. So Prometheus crawlers, they need to be able to reach you and collect data from the endpoints that have the monitoring data, which complicates networking setup quite a bit. So, for instance, if you have like a multi-tenant system and the tenants isolated from each other, they still need to be connected to the same Prometheus somehow via the network, or you need to run your own crawler within the namespace, and it stores metrics to, I don't know, like Thanos, S3, what have you, so you can aggregate it later somewhere. So there are like complications of how do you collect metrics and making them reachable. So you have a networking in that equation, and which usually less an issue with a push-based system. So here you have to deal with the ingress rules, right? 
and usually you have less limitation on egress. Yeah. So, so that's the that's a real uh, trade-off. But um, the the reason it is push-based is in case of an increase of traffic or an increase of you know if you have suddenly more customer the rights to if you push your metrics somewhere you might lose some because the the surge of rights to the database is going to be huge and yeah. this is where things go wrong or if you have a push a pull thing a pull um, how do you say uh, methodology yeah. you you only gather metrics at intervals so yeah. it's like 5 or 10 or 15 seconds or 1 minute depending on the granularity you need uh, for your service. But and you usually solve this with a push-based system. Like for instance, you have Elk, right? And you have a lot of stuff being written there. Then, then you would usually have some kind of staging thing, like a log stash that yeah. would take the heat, accumulate it, and gradually write to Elk so you're not losing anything. Yeah. And with a pool, you would need to scale actual Prometheus. So it's still capable of collecting everything if you have too many backends. I mean, yeah. if you have too many endpoints to scrape, like imagine you have like a, thousands of them, and you need to scrape them every 10 seconds, then you might see the lag of metrics. So... Yeah, there, there is a, that's, that's, that's why it's hard about monitoring. Is that it's a whole project on the on the side of the project that you are actually building? Yeah, you know, you you actually, if you think about monitoring as just data, if it was customer data, how how would you? What kind of data would you need to gather, and what kind? What what would you need to show? And by having a minimalistic approach, like on, only add the things that you need, and not like turn on every metrics that you see, uh, you you can fine tune that. There is a way to drop metrics from uh you know each endpoint like for instance if you deploy to prometheus uh, to kubernetes you can actually drop most of the metrics because you probably if you don't have a stateful set why would you get the metrics for stateful set or, or those kind of things so it's a very much uh it's a painful uh not painful but like lengthy process to actually curate which metrics make sense for your platform yeah but and, how does the new Grafana service look then? Mimir, or what's it called? If I remember correctly, they use Prometheus to collect data, but then store it in something else? I am not yeah. sure at all. All I, all I know is that Prom like Prometheus becomes more an interface now than actually yeah. the, the project. So most... Because, you know... People have built their services which use the Prometheus that allows Prometheus to query them together to pull out the data, the metrics. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Prometheus is also cloud native, meaning that all projects in that space will always support it. So then it gets, gets the ball rolling more and more. So, I mean, mm. it's really hard to extract it in, in with some new tool. But if you can yeah, use it as a bridge, to get people on, on board. So on 30th of March, which is like about a month ago from the time we do a recording, uh, Grafana Labs introduced a Mimir, and Mimir is uh, some Scandinavian uh, 
good uh, type of thing. And on the blog, it says Grafana Mimir is an open source, horizontally scalable, highly available, multi-tenant, long-term storage for Prometheus. And uh, it basically could, it's similar to Thanos, basically. Yeah. It looks like it could be a drop-in replacement for Thanos. And uh, it sounds like um, Thanos is a complicated piece of software to manage. So maybe you want to look at Mimir if you're using Thanos. Um, can you query Mimir using GraphQL? That's the main question I have. <sighs> All right, so I, I actually have that page in front of Just read out. Uh, and it says 100% Prometheus compatible, including remote write, PromQL, and alerting. PromQL, yeah. Well, that, yeah. that is worth looking at. Yeah. So that's the thing then, because I mean, what we're talking about here is one of the key benefits of see with Prometheus is it's so nice when it starts collecting data. I mean, you have plug in to all your tools or language or your services. So it's really simple and start collecting all. You get a lot of data with, without you as a developer to do anything, right? You collect all the data. But what I'm hearing now is, and of course, I also had Prometheus that, you know, died because of memory. So we all know that as a problem. But I mean, the issue is, is then storing data for in historical time. But uh, if there are, coming out projects now that can use Prometheus to collect data and then store it and then query it from another source. And that would be uh, maybe a solution for, for, for issues with Prometheus. Yeah, it potentially can be a solution to a part of a problem. Yeah. You, st- you still can kill your Prometheus by yeah. ill-fated application running in your network. Yeah. But th- that's an, another question here. Of course, you know, when, when you scale Prometheus, can I... For example, now I have Prometheus running, stateful set with, say, two containers running. And when I reach the memory limit, is it should I increase the memory or the number? Or does it doesn't even ma- matter? It's just memory I need to bump up on both instances. Or does it share it somehow? Can I scale it horizontally in any way? That's going to be, if I understood correctly, you want to know what to do when you reach the maximum resource allocated to Prometheus. Yeah, t- today. I mean, what is, I mean, some point it will hit the memory, but if I understand correctly, when, when you do like a query with Grafana, then when it collects the data, then it, when it hits the memory limit, right? Boom. Too much memory. Yeah. Meaning, right? So, I mean, if it doesn't matter then how many instances of Prometheus I'm running, because I will hit one and then that will explode anyway. Yeah, you can, you can, you can see results of this query, no matter yeah. how much Prometheus is your rank. Yeah. By the way, I, I think yeah. plural will be Prometheus or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I was researching that some time ago, but I. Thankfully, forgot about it. Yeah, on a list of alternatives, there is also something called Victoria metrics. If you've ever seen that thing, so it looks like it's uh, very similar in nature to Mimir. So it's uh, the Prometheus compatible, and they promise that everything gonna be nice and dandy on their page. <laughs> I never heard of it, Victoria metrics. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. 
I think the company does uh, does only that product, and uh, they're more, more for people who like to self-host. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I, I'm not sure if they have uh, like a SaaS offering, but uh, they say that using ingestion, Graphite, Open CSDB, CSV, and InfluxDB, and pull Prometheus model. So, no matter what you use, they, they kind of work with that. They work as Prometheus remote storage, light speed querying. Uh, some clever data storage, operation simplicity, and lightning fast data intention. So that's the key features that they have on their web page. And yeah, and are compatible with Prometheus and Grafana, accepts metrics in InfluxDB, Graphite, OpenTSDB, CSV protocols, suitable for running in Kubernetes, Docker, or Barry Metal. Yeah, I I know that the people just replace that primitive like drop in replay Prometheus with Victoria metric. But, yeah. And that's why that's why it's nice now because Prometheus is kind of like the standard. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you have to stay there. And many vendors came to solve exactly the limitation Prometheus has because <laughs> people misuse and abuse it. Um, yeah. And so they, every time you see like uh, people have trouble making decision about those kind of problem there this is a a new startup just pop up and and solve the problem say hey if you give us money we'll solve it for you because yeah, it's, it, like, it's... Like terraform and pull me right so they just use the like terraform providers yeah under the hood and then uh build a better ui for developers that you could use developer programming, programming languages if you like Exactly. You, you see all those, uh, you know, uh, serverless platform like uh, Firebase, Heroku and everything. It was like, hey, developers don't want to spend time configuring the cloud. They just want a simple web app with a database and be done with it. Yeah. So, and yeah. that covers pretty much a lot of use case. Um, so th this is a, probably an opportunity. But if you're gonna wrap around, wrap an end to the Prometheus here and, and, and talks about it, do you have any? How should we make a conclusion of, of this talk here with Prometheus? Should we start with? Do you want to go first, Andre or Simon or Julian? Who want to start? Sure. Um, for me, and that has been my what I understood uh, by working with monitoring a lot is that. It's a full-blown project. Like it should be on the, you know, on the on the board, all the time reviewing it, like making sure that it's good, that people understand how to work with it, um, and f from there on everything falls like falls into places. Because if you just skip over the monitoring and say let's turn on debug mode on everything and and let's store everything forever, this is going to cost a lot. And just be mindful of what do we need to know about what makes our system healthy is actually the, the question that has to be answered. Monitoring is, is very simple. Monitoring is, are we making money now? And once, if the answer is no, it's probably something you should be working on. Um, and if yes, then good for you. <laughs> 
I, th- I think about that, that the, the monitoring stack also need monitoring, so you know that your monitoring stack is is up to date. And you also need retention and logs and all that stuff as well, so you know that it's it's working. Yeah. Yep. Andre, Simon. Oh, let's let, let it be me. So. <clears throat> For me, last couple of years in monitoring was about humility. You know, we we, we should face that 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 field of human knowledge is fundamentally broken right now, and we can't do much about it. So we can try to, if we have a lot of uh, time and energy, we can. Uh, we can try to do the right thing, like to use Prometheus uh, in places where it makes sense. We use other systems for long-term storage. Like we are not obliged to use one tool to like slice and dice data and to build like predictions on the historical data. We can use different monitoring systems. But when you don't have time, energy, or sufficient money for that, Let's just pretend Prometheus is a good thing to have. Because there are solutions to the problems. They are not perfect. For me, the solution is obviously just just offload all this crap to Amazon and pretend that it's working just as, as intended. But in any way... Uh, you will have to spend some time digging into how Prometheus work, what is this thing is about, and how you should be using it. So please don't use Prometheus operator. That's the most important thing you can do for your company. Just don't use it. Try to build Prometheus stack from the ground up. It's not that hard, actually. You can do that. And you can uh, specify exactly metrics you need, not by relabeling and dropping metrics you don't need, just don't collect them in the first place. That will save your company so much money and you so much, you know, misery in your life. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we, should, we, we should be using the right tools in the right place, but Currently, it's not possible because you can't use anything except Prometheus in a practical way right now. If you are like on a bleeding gauge of technical innovation and using uh, cloud-native solutions, you just can't use anything except Prometheus. You can use like Open Telemetry maybe, but yeah. it's it's basically relying on the same technology as Prometheus, so not much difference. Yep. Okay. You're up, man. Uh, yes. Uh, so, make yourself a favor and use managed solution, for God's sake. Like uh, Amazon managed Prometheus, Google managed Prometheus. Just don't do it for, to yourself. I mean, you, you probably have better things to do in your life. Unless you've been hired to do that, well, then my mm. condolences but uh, <laughs> then that's I would I think that would be all for me you know use managed service where you can like just don't self self host stuff like why yeah why? Yeah. Yeah, yeah amen good yes. advice good advice yeah get get it done 
and move on to the next problem. Yeah, yeah. Fo- focus focus on something that brings value to the business. Yeah. Like, like imagine like explaining what what Simon explained to us to your CEO right now. What yeah. he would say, like, why are we doing that again? Like, <laughs> why are you spending your time doing this? Like, like solving this scalability problem for the software we host as it doesn't bring money. Like, I, why? But <laughs> so, what I also will bring is that before this talk, of course, I had some problem with Prometheus when running, but the feeling was it's a really simple product to run, right? It's just deployed and then it runs, right? But after this, as you said, this is, could be a problem to run. It's going to be a problem running Prometheus in a larger scale cluster. So then it's better to offload it to somewhere else, as you do with your database or, or other services that you you need uh, to run all, all the time. Yeah. Cool. But by think, this, by yeah. the way, one last, yeah. la- one last th- thing about managed uh, Prometheus. So yeah. I can speak for Amazon Prometheus, but if you are not doing best practices, so-called, for your Prometheus installation and not collecting too much, it's, it's basically dirt cheap. We're, yeah. we're paying something like 10 bucks per month for, for managed Prometheus. Wow. It's it's really, really cheap if you are not doing crazy stuff. So Comparing use it, to use it. running like T3X large yeah. ish, or 2X large ish nodes in e- before. In, in each environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in, I was just calculating block storage. Block storage is more expensive than that. Yeah, exactly. So, and those were running out of memory. They had like 32 gigs, 500 gigabytes SSDs attached to them, running out of memory all the time, losing persistent volume claims all the time. And now it's just like, ah, okay, we spent 10 bucks. All right, no, no, no issues. That I like. (laughs) The happy people in the cloud, right? But yeah. your mileage might differ. So that's, I mean, it's Simone after reading all the book, the books yeah. and inspecting, carefully inspecting all the metrics <laughs> there and dropping like most of them. So yeah. Cool. But I think with that, we will uh, wrap this talk. So thank you guys for today. And thank you everybody for listening. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the DevSecOps podcast with Matthias, Andre, and Julian. For more podcast and notes, go to the webpage devsecops.fm. Thanks for tuning in.